This is Otakunomics, the Otaku Business Podcast, demystifying the business behind anime. Got an interesting one today. I actually found out about this this morning, and I've been going down a rabbit hole on it all day. So, you might be familiar with the anime Ghost Stories. This was a 2000 anime that was made infamous by its 2005 dub by ADV in which director Stephen Foster and his crew of uh, dub actors decided to basically make it into an abridged series of the original work, uh, filling it with all sorts of jokes and uh, offensive South Park humor, that kind of thing. So the narrative surrounding that has always been that ADV acquired this show that flopped in Japan and the Japanese uh, licensors didn't really care about it. And so they said, yeah, just do whatever you want with it. We've already got our money. Uh, Part of it is there's some speculation that ADV might have gotten it in a package deal, which was something that went around a lot back during that era where uh, license holders would let licensing firms in the West license shows as basically a package deal. You'd license a number of shows at the same time. So if you wanted this one show, you'd have to license quite a few shows. So you'd have to basically market and sell all of them if you wanted one hit title. So, the narrative behind it is that Foster and his crew were given the green light to do whatever they want with this anime, and because it had done poorly in Japan, and the license holders just wanted to recoup some money from the licensing fee, so nobody really cared, and that allowed Foster and his crew to create the infamous Ghost Stories dub, and as a result, we've we've had a decade plus of not quite knowing what a good dub is, because the Ghost Stories dub gains so much infamy. And if you listen to the third segment of NTR Radio episode 130, you can hear more about that paradigm. There's also an article on Iyashike, why we can't have good dubs that touches on this subject. But what what interested me this morning is that I saw a tweet thread by a person I follow on Twitter called at AshtonoFrog and it kind of threw this entire narrative onto its head. The idea is that Ghost Stories actually was not a flop by any measure in when it was airing in Japan, and that the entire narrative behind it doing poorly and as a result ADV and Stephen Foster being given free reign on it is actually a massive lie that we've been told to justify what happened with the Ghost Stories dub. And 
there's information to back this up. Looking in, if you look in the show notes on iashikei.moe forward slash otakunomics for this episode, you can find some resources that we looked at, that I looked into and that were linked in that big Twitter thread. So these are TV ratings from various dates during 2000 while Ghost Stories was airing. And Ghost Stories was consistently one of the top five anime airing in Japan during its original airing. Rubbing shoulders with the likes of Crayon Shinchan, Pokemon, One Piece, Inuyasha, Detective Conan. So it's, it's up in that strata of daytime anime. And what, what's to note is that this is, this isn't a late night anime. This isn't one of those shows that survives off of its disc release sales and its merchandise sales because nobody's expected to be watching anime at scale at 0100 in the morning. This is a daytime anime. It was intended for children. So another thing that's lost about school days is that it, it's originally a children's anime. It's met, it's just stories about yokai and whatnot meant to be watched by kids in Japan. So TV ratings are actually very important for daytime anime because that's it can actually expect to gain viewership during its airtime. So Ghost Stories was consistently very doing very well in Japan, consistently in the top 10 during its during its airing, also had a couple of reissues of its disc release after the fact, which you're not going to see an unsuccessful anime do reissues of its disc release. The show is also critically acclaimed by fans. Going off of Sakuin DB, which I gather is somewhat of a Japanese equivalent of my anime list. It was actually the top-ranking anime for the year 2000. And the speculation of it being part of a package deal turns out to be false as well, though that was a practice that went on a lot back then. Ghost Stories in particular was not. So a lot of the narrative surrounding Ghost Stories, especially regarding the dub, turns out to be just that, narrative. So the question remains... Why? Why was it necessary to spin this story? Why was it necessary to tell all these lies about the production process behind this anime just to justify what ended up being a pretty well-received dub, at least on the Western side of things? If you look at other dubs, for, of ghost stories in other languages. They all stay faithful to the script. The English dub by ADV is the only one that makes the kinds of deviations it does make. And it's certainly well-remembered. It's certainly well-received by a lot of people in the Western fan base. However, the narrative building surrounding ghost stories is peculiar because... A lot of it seems to 
be trying to justify what they did for the dub. So, they say that it was a show that bombed in Japan and the license holders just wanted to get their, get their return on it. So, they let ADV do whatever they want. But, if we look at the numbers, it was one of the top 10 anime around at the time. It did very well, did well enough to get a couple re-releases of its disc set. So, there's no reason for the Japanese company to lie to ADV and say that it sold poorly. There's no reason to lie about good sales. So, we know, we know that's, we know that's an untruth. We know the package deal theory is not, the package deal theory does not apply to ghost stories. So, why tell this fabrication? One potential sticking point is just how culturally Japanese the show is. So, it's a show about spirits and yokai and a lot of Japanese folklore. So, that's going to be difficult for uninitiated Westerners to understand right off the bat. And you're not, you're not gonna be able to really sell a whole lot of a show like that in the West without a great deal of acclamation. You're gonna, in order to actually want to watch uh, Gakko no Kaidan, you're gonna, you need to actually have an interest in the Japanese folklore behind this, this kind of thing. So, perhaps what happened is that ADVs saw this anime and because ADV at the time, and this is, this eventually led to ADV's downfall, but ADV at the time was just licensing whatever they could so they could get as many properties as possible so they could sell it so it can sell on volume so they they bought ghost stories realized that this isn't the kind of thing that's going to do very well in the US and so in an effort to create a show that people would watch in an effort to make something to make this show into something that people would sit down and watch they let they let Stephen Foster and the gang do whatever they want with it, and created a dub that would grow to be infamous. That's certainly a way you could look at it, and it certainly makes a whole lot more sense than saying that the show bombed in Japan when it really actually didn't. In addition, who would deliberately license an unsuccessful show? Unless your business model was to license as much as you could and see what pans out, there's no reason to deliberately go for an unsuccessful show, which is which I believe is where a lot of the package deal theorizing comes from. But there's no re if if you know a show's not going to be successful and if you also know that it's going to have that it's about a subject matter that a lot of people in your region aren't interested in there's no reasons to license it unless that's unless you're going for that bulk 
mass market business model. Now, the ghost stories dub gained a significant bit of infamy and actually kind of changed the landscape as far as American dubs of anime go. And what's interesting to me is that this is a narrative that's been spun by the people who worked on the dub to explain away why they did what they did and portray themselves as having done the anime a favor. Because, as as the story goes, the show didn't do well in Japan, and they... They gave it to us and said, hey, do, what you have, do whatever you want with it. So we did whatever we wanted with it. And now it's hugely popular over in the U.S., even with people who don't, who don't like anime normally. And everyone, everyone's laughing at it. Everyone's having a good time. When, if you look at the data, it turns out that the story is they licensed this anime normally. They didn't think it would sell well in the West, so they just decided to do whatever they wanted with it, and the rest is history. But the problem is that everyone else knows the narrative. So the narrative is often repeated. Oh, these people, the, the show was, it was just a mediocre show in Japan. They didn't even like it over there when the data doesn't portray that out. But what it goes to show is that we've got an industry over here that kind of, it prioritizes itself and it prioritizes the people inside the industry over the consumer and over the creators in Japan. Because you can say the same thing about what happened with Funimation and Prison School and Maid Dragon, Hajimete no Gal, and Yuno, and everything, they, everything they've been doing up to and including Ishizoku reviewers. The Western anime industry prioritizes its own, rather than prioritizing giving anime fans what they want, which usually happens to be the anime, as it was created by the people who made it in Japan. The fact is, nobody asked for the Ghost Stories dub, so they had to come up with a story to justify it, because otherwise it would look egregious. It would look like they just didn't take this anime seriously and made a complete mockery of it, which is exactly what they did. But if they're going to tell the story, oh, uh, well, we just acquired this this terrible anime that the Japanese didn't even care about, so they let us do whatever we want with it. Then it looks like they're make, doing the anime a favor. It looks like they're heroes coming out and given given this this unknown also ran show a big boost by making a joke out of it when really what happened was they prioritized their own sales and as a result of that they made a complete joke out of it now the primary difference between back then and today with regards to this dub business is today voice actors don't even make up a story or narrative when they decide to deviate from the anime script. They ju they will actively clap back at fans who are upset about them inserting 
whatever they think is funny or clever into an anime that has nothing to do with what they're talking about. Stuff like the Gamergate line in prison school and the patriarchy line and May Dragon and all the rest of the stuff that Chief Lee's Funimation is doing. So what's the takeaway? The takeaway is that data and, in a greater sense, the business aspect of anime are important. And without understanding both of those, you're left to be taken advantage of by people whose interests don't align with your own. So in this case, we had a group of people whose interest was, we need to make money off of this also-ran anime by any means necessary. Now, it wasn't really an also-ran, but to people whose priority is sell anime in the West, it's an also-ran to them. So, they realize that they're going to have to do something creative to be able to sell more than three copies of this anime. That's their understanding. That's how they portray it. So, they decide to let their writers and their actors run buck wild with it and create a a gag dub on on par with an abridged series and as a result we get the ghost stories dub but because that was nowhere near a common practice back during that time period they needed to come up with a story to justify it so as a result, we get the story behind the Ghost Stories dub, and because the dub became so infamous, that story is repeated over and over and is seldom fact-checked. So this was just an interesting rabbit hole I fell down from this morning up until the time I'm recording this. And it just goes to show that without knowing how the business works and without being armed with data and numbers, people can spend spin some really wild tales that work in their favor and get repeated for years and years. So, that's going to be it for this episode. We're going to do the ads and get out of here. I'd like to thank you for listening to Otakunomics. Catch us on yashike.moe and we'll talk next episode. This episode is brought to you in part by She's Lost Control Media. She's Lost Control Media is a business planning consultancy specializing in meeting the specific needs of artists, creators, and entrepreneurs in fandom spaces. Whether you're an artist looking to make a business of your craft, a content creator looking to make your content more than just a hobby, or a fan looking to take your fandom to the next level, you can visit She's Lost Control.media and we'll see how we can help you out.